Welcome to part two of this Vet Church podcast. Vet Church interviews are authentic, sacred, and inspirational. Vet Church is open to anyone who appreciates the sacrifice made by the women and men who put on a uniform and served this great nation. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com. Hello, Vet Church. Here, we'll do, we'll do the board setting. <laughs> I'm sitting here with uh, that board setting. Scott Carpenter. I know, it just broke his mentality. <laughs> Re- retired Staff Sergeant. Staff Sergeant, United States Army. That's my line. Um, Justin Touche's over here beside us. Do quick Trying little. to strum his chicken. <laughs> there he is. So, uh, so Scott's got some big news going on in his life, and we wanted to to talk about it because because uh, Scott, you've done five or six tours, something. More. How many tours do you do? All together, you see three. You see two Afghanistan, one Iraq, three Bosnians, six tours. Six tours all together. He's seen a lot of crap. We met. In 2007, on a range, on a 50 cal range, mm-hmm. and uh, he's my first supervisor in the army. Justin's first supervisor. You were trying to <laughs> entice me to shoot, and I said no. And then you were just—I think you were just checking my integrity if I was going to be true to being a chaplain. And um, since then, we've had many great conversations. I came by and saw you last summer, right after you got out of the military. Yep. And uh, and. You've got four children, married. You've you've been you know you've had the typical military up and down and all of oh, that. Oh yes. And um, and then you got some big news. What's what's going on with you? Yeah, uh, found out we got leukemia. Um, constantly had a cough since Afghanistan, and uh, never went away. Just a constant little cough that would just drive you nuts. One one's just kind of tickly up here, and nothing happened. They're like, "Oh, you got sinusitis or this or whatever." And next thing I know, I then went into a deep chronic cough, and finally decided to go in one night. And like, "Oh, yep, you're good." Told them I was having pain in the back of my head. They drew some blood, nothing much, and then kept telling you know about four weeks later scheduled another appointment and I was like look I go I'm having a headache to where my hair particles on my head hurts and he's like okay he's like draw more blood go get a CT scan and so we went up got a CT scan done up and next thing you know we're sitting there or I was actually over at one of the water wells doing my checks and uh, I got a call from the doc saying hey you got traces of leukemia I need you at the uh, VAER so I was like, okay. I was like, do I need to pack overnight? He goes, you might want to. I said, okay. So I was like, called the wife then. I was like, how far are you out? And she's like, why? I was like, I'll just get the food and come home. And she's like, okay. So she came home. I took her, we went to the back bedroom and talked. And I was like, look, I got to go to the ER. She's like, why? I was like, well, they doc said I got traces of leukemia. And next thing you know, we drove up there, and it was awesome. As soon as we walked in to get to there, and they're like, oh, here's the leukemia patient we're waiting for. Whoa. <laughs> just like <laughs> that. It was like that. It was just, we're like, okay. So, I mean, it kind of made it easy when they broke the ice that way because it wasn't, you know, they weren't trying to hide anything. So it, it made it very nice um, with the understanding of it. Now, when you called me and told me, I was I was walking into a building Right. Back in Florida, and it just took my breath away. Like, oh, yeah. I, I couldn't, I cancer. Like, you know, this happened to the Vietnam guys from Agent mm-hmm. Orange, and oh, yeah. and now it's happening to us. Mm-hmm. And um, it's real close to home for me, man. It just took my breath away. Did it, I mean, what happened there? Because you were so positive. You're like, hang on a second, chaplain. Um, once he told it to me, I just, you know, I kind of teared up a little bit and then I was like, you know what? I'm giving it to the Lord. It's in the Lord's hands, period. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean, you're, you're a cussing, fuck this, fuck that, <laughs> warrior. You're one of us. You're part of our tribe. You're, you're the He's guy that's like, oh, I, you yeah. pushed Justin when you were his supervisor. He told me some stuff and, 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 
but you also believe in God. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that, because you know I didn't lose my faith. You didn't lose yours. We we started this vet church thing, and but we have to be real about who we are. So talk to me a little bit about that. Hmm. Very good question. Well, I guess we'll have to go back. Well, I know back in 0809, I'd ended up meeting a gentleman by the uh, Bill Perkins. He's actually a pastor and uh, the founder of the Million Mighty Men up in Westland, Oregon. Had no clue who this gentleman was. and But he's like, he asked, started asking me questions on the way home, and I was like, mm, can't answer this. He goes, can I ask you another question? I said, go for it. He goes, do you know if you're going to heaven if you die? Straight, just Just blunt. like that. I was like, uh, you... I don't know exactly the words I told him. He goes, you're sitting next to a man that can show you and tell you that you are. And he sat down with me for a two and a half hour flight, three hour, whatever flight it was, and went through the Bible and showed me. As long as you put your trust, your faith, and a relationship to the Lord and your relationship with the Lord, it's it's there. I was like, and then you'll go and he showed me talked to me about eternal life and everything else. I don't remember everything that he said, but it was just fascinating. He caught my attention and opened my eyes. And then um like my wife told me, you know, she's like, You have a glow in your eyes about this. I was like, I don't know what a glow my <laughs> eyes are, you know. It almost uh, sounds a little corny. It does. <laughs> but I mean it's just you know, ever since then, it, I've wanted to know more. You know, and I do come up with questions, and I have asked, you know, because I know in the military we have our rules, our regulations, and everything else that we can just go to and look at. Well, every time I've asked where these rules and these laws and these regulations are that, you know, the pastors and preachers all talk about, well, guess what? Where is it? Oh, it's in the Bible. Where? You know, so I've done a lot of reading and looking into stuff like that and there's quite a few laws and regulations that I've learned that are there it's just I had to learn to decide what is uh, not what is going to be beneficial for my family and what is ceremonial laws what is the laws that aren't going to be broken and stuff like that and I'm still learning it Um, but you've personalized it too I mean and, and here you are like, finding out you got cancer. Well, this is like four weeks ago. Five Something weeks like ago? That, I can't remember. But 28th of March. There we go. Whatever that is, folks. Um, <laughs> the day that my dad died. Hey. Great time to find out, right? Oh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> anniversary or the yeah, same day? Anniversary. Anniversary. I mean, anniversaries are tough for us vets. Oh, it, they are. You know, but, I mean, it's like you got to move forward. You know, I tell my wife, my children, you know, it's you have to move forward. Because yep. if you don't move forward, and something happens in life, and you get stagnant, you're just gonna fall. Nick Nick Dunnigan says you'll kick its ass, and he says use some CBD. CBD, so, yeah, that <laughs> ma- ma- cannabis, marijuana. Huh? Now you're not using marijuana right no. now, and and Justin and I talked about that. It's legal here. Um, <laughs> why are you using marijuana? What's going on there? Why? Never believed in it. And and you feel okay? Yeah, I feel well. Normally I feel pretty good. Besides having the. Uh, bone mineral biopsy yesterday and you were just telling us how bad that oh thing lord I, I don't wish that upon anybody that's your fourth one so far third one third one and, third and one. we're having your hair I no, know you got well, this, really... this this used to be have a nice little beard and goatee and after about one cycle of chemo it just started falling out and then my children decided to just start plucking my hair and there's you can see little pat, yeah. patches so when I do let it grow out, if it does, you know, it looks like it got mange. And this is a four weeks. Yeah. Four or five weeks, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's, it's just fun treatment. And how many nights have you spent down in the hospital? Um, let's see, three from the 28th to, let's see, that Friday, so there's three, um, almost four weeks, almost a month. All together? It's a lot of time. From the 5th of May till the 27th, of, or 5th of April to the 27th of April. You know, now we decided to have this conversation. Yeah, about um, two weeks ago. About two, still up in the hospital. Yeah, and um, hey, Nicole, thanks for praying. We we, we could all use that. Um, 
we decided to have this conversation not to exploit. Right. But because of the hope that you have. And you oh, said, yeah. hey, this is part of my life. I could have I could have had committed suicide. I could have done this. I could have done that. I could have died in battle. Yeah. But here I am, and I'm going to live. And It's my new battlefield. That's all it is. It's like a new mission in life. That's all it is. It's my new battlefield. Yeah, you know, and I've sat there and, you know, I've talked to, I got, had a nurse from Kenya. She was a Christian gal. She sat down and talked with me for hours. Um, I've had, I mean, the staff up there is just phenomenal. And this um, is at the VA in? Up in Portland, yes. In Portland, okay. Um, I had, you know, ran into, well, uh, one of the, my nurses is a spouse of a former Big Red One soldier um who was a two-time cancer survivor so her working that in that ward alone and helping us out it just hope. phenomenal yeah oh, it gives you strength well you, really you have you have so much hope and strength and you attribute that to your to the lord mm-hmm. you attribute it to your family mm-hmm. your kids how do you sustain it though one day at a time because some days are bad. Oh, oh yes, they are. Uh, I've had, th- at all the time that I've had, I've had three major bad days. Yeah. To where I've said I don't want nobody to come see me. And other than that, it's just been cakewalk. I remember you told me you didn't even want your wife to see you in that position. You just no. wanted to lay in the hospital mm-hmm. and be alone. And that lasted probably about two hours, yeah. three hours, because she, <laughs> she showed up. And and folks, I'm telling you, like I I've known Sergeant Carver for a while. He was Justin's supervisor. This is not the guy that that shows his pain a lot. You have, really, yeah. I was kind of amazed that you were said let's let's talk about this for the nation because okay. because we're all going to go through some kind of pain right. sooner or later. I mean this this may be my place. I mean me I may be in your seat. Whoever's out there may be in in his seat. Well, and plus the way that I look at it is, is if you look at all these children that have it, that can't speak, who are their advocates? They don't have anybody who's, besides doctors that are, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And they don't know, they haven't been through it, they haven't done it, you know. It's like when they were trying to do one of my eight uh, spinal taps because they couldn't figure the stuff out. You know, I asked before she even started, I was like, have you had one of these done to you? And she's like, well, no. I was like, so then how can you tell me it's really not going to hurt? And she just, and then I was like, you know, that's what I love about doing CLS training in the military. Because what you give, you're getting. Combat lifesaver training. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, and and that's, they don't do that. You got the chemo fog. (laughs) Oh, I do. Talk yeah. about that. Like, what happens oh, when you start fog? taking chemo? Um, you're, there's multiple stuff. You know, you can lose weight, obviously. You lose your hair. Um, but chemo brain, uh, it does multiple stuff. Uh, you end up losing concentration, um, forgetting certain words, um, just going into just not a nothing box, but a... Um, confused and not knowing where you're at box and it's frustrating um or you can go like as my wife says she's got her mind runs off of like a a rubber band ball and she's bouncing off of every single wire that's in there and you'll be doing the same thing you know there's days where your emotions will just be out of whack and you won't have anything to do with it but just sit there and just let it just gotta let it let go. it go yeah so uh nick says you mentioned Agent Orange with the Vietnam stuff what we mentioned what do you think's happening is this the burn pits what, what, uh, what's your thought about well, that when I talked to the VSO rep about it he flat out asked me he goes have you been around burn pits have you been around we have um, all burn barrels and I'm like yes he goes I need you to tell me exactly what was in those things <laughs> I was like I how was do like, we okay. know <laughs> so I told him exactly what I you know seen you know from my experiences of doing the stuff and he goes that's enough I needed to hear he goes your case is pretty much a sh- uh, open and closed case so they, so they were relating 
And right now, yeah. This right back to the burn pits. To an extent, yeah. So this could easily be Justin's and my deal. I mean, I came back, and all of a sudden, I've had to have a CPAP every night. Mm -hmm. Even on this trip, like Justin tell you, I got a, a battery in the back of the right. truck. Well, he's the same as last year. I showed it to oh, you yeah, last I year. Burn the place down. Yeah, I get caught fire a little bit. That's what I like about mine. I've got one of those outlets in my truck. You just yeah. plug it in and go. Man, that thing, because... It's just, it's weird, though, like, what's happening to us. Um, Salerno, I agreed with you, Nick. Salerno. I, I was the worst. Down there. <laughs> Rocket City. That's where uh, Lieutenant Welch passed away, yeah. right? I went to the, to the we, me and Justin and um, the rest of my band mm -hmm. drove up to Wiley, Texas, right outside yeah. of Dallas for the annual Lieutenant Welch deal. And then, were you there that day he died? Uh, I was actually uh, in my rack that night or that morning because I worked night shift, and I heard the 120. I actually heard the 122 millimeter hit ground, and that was the only time I actually got up and ran to my bunker. Wow! Yeah, Nick Holder said he he saw the round hit. Yeah, I, I mean I didn't see you know. And then I kind of felt bad because I got up and I was you know went to the chow hall and they're like oh the LT got hit and I'm like uh, he'll be fine he's a big guy. It's uh, hey veg. Hey, she's going to see us. We're playing down in, uh, um, Saturday. We're playing in, awesome. Cal in California. She's coming to the show. I always see her stuff on Facebook. She's funny as ever. She cropped her hair again. It's smaller than lower than the military style and shit. That's cool. I think. Um, <laughs> well, so, so, um, I can't read what that says. Ran okay. towards the call for blood both times. To yep. the call for blood. Yep. Yeah. I remember right. in Jalalabad, we had one day where a bunch of guys came in. And there was a line of like a hundred people out there giving blood. Oh yeah, and they just line up and. I'd walk back from the morgue, and um, I'll never forget. I'm not gonna say who I was walking with because you know, telling people stories. But we walked back and we walked past that line of those black gloves on. We're getting the bodies, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget like the overwhelming emotion of of realizing that people are trying to care for one another, yeah. and then and, and then you're taking something home. Yeah. That's killing you later. Like you didn't die over there, yep. and you're not necessarily dying here. But you sure have to. You, you got how long? Five year fight? He said. Uh, three to five years. If you make it, it's a yep. three to five year fight. Yep. And right, good part is, is right now. Well, we got to wait to see what this bone marrow biopsies results are. But if it's if it's improved from where it was last time, then they're going to continue the treatment and the current treatment that I'm on. And if they don't, then they're going to change it up. So, so you yeah. mean more aggressive? Yep. And uh, right now, I'm on one of the most aggressive ones out there. So, one of the most aggressive ones. So, so if you were to, like you, you've had a few minutes to look back at like your initial reaction. Mm -hmm. What would you say to all of us who may? I mean, every single one of us. Christy Dorothy's on. All, all of us could have somebody walk in and tell us, you've got leukemia. Mm -hmm. Looking back at that moment, if you were giving us an encouragement, and I love it, you're wearing your two of first BSB Thor in Omnia Promptus, always ready. Yep. What would you say to encourage us to, to, to think about now hmm. in case we hear that one day? Forgiveness, strength, and strong faith. Talk about the forgiveness. Uh, forget well for one, it's the way I look at it is it's not the Lord's hands that put it on you. I mean, it really isn't. You know, I really don't know who to blame is for it, but who can I blame? Nobody. So I'm. It's just part of. It's just part of life. So it's easier just to let it go and just forgive that it's there, even though, you know, I can yell at the doctors, I can you know yell at the family, but it's not worth it. So I just choose to forgive and whatever the case was it's there it's gone talk to you me know? about like we had conversations have had over the years about forgiving yourself mm -hmm. for things that you've done does that come into play in a situation like this it it can if you haven't forget you know like if you have a bad man you know i'll use justin for example you know he was a thorn in my side when he was a soldier <laughs> you know <laughs> You know, got never, never, you know. never. Don't let him. No, mm -mm. we know better. We know how, we, you know, shall we tell him how he got promoted to E five? 
Were you there at the board with him? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. He's the one that, I took him. He took me to the board. I got him to go to the board because he... Actually, wanted... Dom Garza, Dom, yeah. Dom's on there. There's a video. Really? The video's out there. But Dom won't share it because back then, we could have gotten in trouble. A lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I got my ass beat. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was. Don't get it wrong. It was tradition. It was fun. I'll never forget it. Well, you know, it's you know, I ask, I'm asking you some personal stuff. Hey, Aaron, Aaron Parker just joined us. Blake Hunter joined us. It's um, and you're we're sitting here with Scott Carpenter, who just found out a few months ago he's got leukemia, and we've been talking about it because because that's what we do. We either have to talk about it or we have to act like it didn't happen, and being being soldiers we were taught to that courage and integrity was facing where you're at in that moment and doing the right thing mm-hmm. because it was the right thing to do not that we always did no but be, but when bend we, the rules yeah where it fits you you know regulations are gray areas to just give you guidelines balance them around and make them fit your situation if you can do it that's what i've learned you know and, and i just go from there you know how many years did you do all together? 24. 24 years in the United States Army, man. Damn, you are old. <laughs> yep. That goes back to well, his I, side I joke. He always, he always said, hey, old man. And I'm like looking at him. I'm not the old one. He is. But I'm what did I say now. when you walked in the house? Who else would I be talking to? <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Oh, um, shit. Let's, let's talk about something else, too. Let's segue just a little bit into relationship. Mm-hmm. You've been married. I've met your wife. Um, great lady. I'm not going to say her name unless you want to. I'm public. I, you know, I don't like bragging people's family. Hey, don't bother place. me. She's she, she's another thorn in my side. I love her to death. <laughs> well, and, and, and she's I, she's an incredible woman. Yeah. We, we, like last summer we sat and talked for about three or four hours. Yeah. And, um, oh, by the way, Jason Davis says hello to you and to her. And uh, from we were down there playing last week. And um, how do you, I like the fact that when you said that when you got the news, you didn't tell your wife on the phone, you asked her to come home, then you sat down in the bedroom and talked about it a little bit in private. How's, how have you been able to encourage her? Because sometimes those who care for us, they're hurting as bad as we are, sometimes it's, worse. It's usually the other way around. It's her doing the encouraging to me. Really? We, yep. we have. She's my rock that I stand on. That's awesome, man. You know, same thing with my children. They're my, you know, if it wasn't for my children, my wife, I want to be. Now, what? How did you break this to the kids? What did you tell them? Um, actually, I don't, don't think I'm the one that told her. I think the, I think April's the one that told them. Yeah. So, I think so. I don't remember. That's part of the chemo, so you forget stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just go one day, one day at a time. And keep moving forward, and that's all we can do. And like I said, it's in the Lord's hands. You know, just found out the other day, you know, they gave me a grocery bag of uh, blood thinners, and with, along yeah. with us, not the pills, the injections. Oh, so you got to so do them yourself? I got to give myself injections every morning, twice a day actually, which is fine, but it does get sore. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, but it's just the mentality you know even though you know i'm like here give me the shot she's like no she's like you can do it and she's like, gonna care for you you know she's still gonna be there and care you know and but she's the one that does the main stuff and you know gets us going you know I, i've tried to use my wife's scheduling stuff system that she uses and it doesn't work i just her system is her system and it works for her and not for me well she don't have chemo fog either no she don't <laughs> Uh, she don't. About that, Sam Doswell. Um, can't can't take calls and do the Facebook Live at the same yeah. time. Maybe that's my yeah. bass player for the. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a he's a veteran, and, and then he went over GS and he did like twenty five years GS, and that's nuts doing that stuff. Uh, yeah, I can't see how he did it. He tells me about it sometimes. I'm like, whoa. I'd do. I'd go do it all over again. You you would. Yep. So you know, and I would do the same thing. I think most veterans would because at that time it seemed like the right choices we were making 
We didn't know a lot of stuff we were getting into. No. Still don't even know why we... Like, nobody seems to know why we're in Afghanistan. Or, no. And... And we won't know, and... And it's really not something that we question. Our tribe doesn't really question. We just do what we're told. No. Just move forward. One foot forward. One foot forward. And... You know, Scott, it's a tough thing that... that when you, when you look at the gravity... Mm. You know, because there's people that are going to see this and go... Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, that's how I was when you told me you oh, had leukemia. Yeah, I, I was like, like, that's why I'm like, are you, I believe I asked. I was like, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, because there was a minute there when I just, I mean, here it is. Um, we, we've we lost a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And and we lost them when we came back. We didn't lose anybody in country in the two first. And, and um, some of it was by personal hand. Some of it was by bad choices. And then, then there's stuff like this. And, and I loved it. You said, hang on a second. I'm not dead. Yeah. And the doctor hasn't said I'm dead. He said I'm dying. But then again, Chaplin, everybody's dying. I think you said that to me. Yep. Everybody's dying. And I'm like, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. And that comes back to faith, a little bit of age, some experience. Yeah. You know, that's where, you know, I remember if I told you about, you know, where I came up with, you know, the strong faith and strength and the forgiveness thing, you know, and it literally came with a dream of looking at, you know, at our main church, you know, it was nothing but sitting in the sanctuary and it was nothing but white gold up there, except for a set of purple butterfly or a bunch of purple little butterflies flying around like a, um, what you call it, a, uh, like a bird perch. But there was no bird sitting on it. They're just flying around. in the dream. But, but they were just flying around, this, hovering around this little thing where but where a bird can sit on. And I was like, "That's weird." And also next year, I know I heard uh, one of the elders sit there say, "Hey, well, we're playing a game." I was like, "Well, I'll play." I walked over there and he slid over this piece of paper, asked a question, and there was three slashes on the piece of paper. And I wrote down, you know, as I pen went across the paper. Those words came out. I was like, wow. What are the words again? Strong faith, strength, and forgiveness. And ever since then, you know, I've talked to the pastor about it up there, the church we go to. and So we've talked about forgiveness. Yeah. We've talked about some faith. Tell me about strength. Because I look at you as a man of strength. I Strength is, you know, on my side, it's not quitting. It's not, you know, it's looking at your universities and moving forward. You know, it's fighting, you know, it, I'm not fighting just for myself. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for, you know, my children. I'm fighting for, you know, other now that, individuals. That relates directly to where you're at in leukemia. Mm-hmm. But you would, you were fighting before you had leukemia. Yeah. For the same thing. Yeah. You're doing work. You're, you're reinventing your life. Mm-hmm. Um. We talked. Uh, I think we talked almost right around the same lines yeah. last summer, right? Kind of, yeah. But it was a lot more clear of what is in front of me that I'm looking after now than what we were at last year, sitting at last year. Now, do you feel like like the leukemia has made it clear, or? Your reaction, your action, your faith. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the way I look, you know, and there's a way to be able to put it on there that I can sit there and show you what 100% leukemia in your bone marrow looks like to 80% cure or remission to 20% cancer looks like. You actually got pictures of it, and that's just from one treatment. In your in your bones, in my bones, right now. Dom Garza just joined us. Um, ah, Aaron's back with us. <laughs> Dom, you're sitting here. We got Justin Touche. I know you want to see him again. We need the video of my promotion ceremony. And um, <laughs> Sergeant Carpenter and Sergeant Carpenter has been telling the world about finding out you've got leukemia. Yeah, but it, it's definitely inter- like I said, it's interesting how. You're, you're so used to your life being treated one way. You have your normal life, 
and then also something like this happens and all of a sudden now it's you have your doctor's appointments you have you know trying to keep your kids in your normal routine and, and, and trying to keep your normal life going and normal doctor, shifted a little bit yeah so our new normal is you know and you know going back and forth to the VA hospital which is fine by me you know they're great people I have no issues with them up there um, but it's just it gets it does get tiring you know I think this time when I did the bone marrow you know it, normally I just kind of lay there and don't say anything I listen to my music and that's it but this time I was like okay please hurry up and get done because how long did it take the needle was about yay long and there's about that much left of it out he was in there digging to get more the other uh, more bone marrow Oh, Scott, so, that just hurts me thinking. When, when you called last night, you sounded wore out. Oh, I was, I, <laughs> I was beat last night. Yeah, I was tired. I, you know, you know, I got had a couple pain pills. Bought me a pain pill. You know, and did it like, touch it even? That got me to sleep. Got you to sleep. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, so, I mean, that's the most part of it, you know. And I just go day by day and forward one. Well, it's all I can do. Cool. And regardless of what's in front of me, you know, I've come to an agreement, you know, and I basically quit fighting against the Lord, you know, and people can sit there and say it's not, you know, that God doesn't exist or whatever they want to, but and that's their opinion. But my opinion and from what I've seen, he's real as can be. You know, you've met Samuel. Yeah. He's my light switch. Yeah. You know. And on the night of the 31st, you know, sitting in the back pew where I normally sit at, next thing I know we're, you know, he's got me up in front of the church, sitting down. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's like, come on, Dad, let's go up there. So we, next thing you know, I'm up in the front, standing, grabbing the mic from the pastor, and he takes <laughs> off running. You know, and that's not me to go up and talk in front of the, you know, congregation. You know, and then also next, you know, that Wednesday morning we're having coffee at the church, and I asked him, I was like, "What do I need to do to get baptized?" He's like, "Well, you gotta get get a class." I'm like, "Sweet." So next thing you know, we're sitting there, we're we're talking about it, and I was like, "Okay, so when we doing the?" Um, he says, "When are we doing this?" I was like, "Well, I go, how about the Sunday after I turn in this paperwork for this class?" That Wednesday evening, he had that paperwork. So you got, you got. And then we ended up getting baptized. Well, it actually, took two weeks later because we had a lot of funerals that weekend at the church. So we did it the week after, which is perfectly fine by me. And then my older son Gideon, he did it. He got baptized right along with me. So, you know, God does work. God does push. You know, and it's helped Some me get serious ways. That's for sure. Yeah. The uh, Jose Aponte just joined us. You know if we can help you. What? All Speak you English. Do, all you gotta do is ask. Love you, Aponte. I do too. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's just it's funny how you know, you know, when the, the first went in there, my kids were like, "Well, when should you start the chemo? Maybe it'll get your beard to go away, Dad." Because you know, I'm like, I was like, normally it's just every hair, you know. Yeah, sure enough, guess what? Yeah, it went it went away. I didn't even have to shave. I literally just took my hand and yeah, just I didn't went do like that ten years ago. Just went like this. And it and, came out. And it just fell right out. Did it hurt? Nope. Not at all. No pain. Nothing because everything's the the one of the cycles of the treatment just kills everything. Just kills all your cells and it's Oh man. It drops. So but yeah, normally they want, like with mine, they want my levels to be at, like, my white blood cell count's about 15, and for the longest time they're down to, like, a .05, which basically no immune system whatsoever, and next thing you know, it's, it just starts climbing up, it starts climbing up, and... Better by better. Yeah, yeah. bit by bit, and, you know, they're like, we're not sure how this one's, you know, the second cycle they give you. Like we don't know how it's gonna be. Um, took about seven to ten days for everything to drop after the chemo, and then it's right now what we're looking at. Last time I checked was at 33 for white blood cells, 
uh, platelets were at um, seven something. So everything's looking to be right on track. To go back in for round news. two chemo. Yeah. So, okay, so if we uh, wrap this up, mm-hmm. as a leader, you made me a better chaplain. You made Justin a better soldier. I saw you work with a lot of people and do a lot of good things. Yep. You're sitting here with America. You know I put this stuff out. But we're, right. we're, I'll just make sure I delete it so I don't have to watch it again. I was <laughs> <laughs> we're, 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 we're doing stuff on vet shirts to, to care for our nation. Right. Because, yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was important. And, and, and what, it is important. What would you say to us to make us grow? Believe in yourself and believe in your friends that are around you. Because they're usually your true friends are going to be there to support you, regardless of what the distance is. And that make to me, that makes you realize what you truly have in life. That's real so, wealth. And that's, exactly, that's, you know, all the riches in the world are your friends and your family. It's not about the money. Money gets you comfort abilities at times, but to me, your wealth is your friends and your family. You know, and most of all. Well, I'm, I'm honored to consider you my, that you consider me your friend. It's an honor, and I'll always consider you a friend. Yeah. You, you. I appreciate. Uh, I mean, even when I was all drugged up and just sitting at the house, not wanting to do anything in life, I remember a couple times yeah. you sent me messages, and you were still in. It's it's hard when you're yeah. in to know what happens when you become a veteran. You never know, you know, because you're so used to belonging. Yeah. And. Once you don't belong to that organization no more, you're always going to be part of it, but you're not going to belong to it. Your your titles are now gone. Yeah. You know, and that's what I've learned. You know, you know you're no longer a staff sergeant. You're no longer a sergeant first class. You're no longer, you know, a chaplain or you know. Granted, a lot of times we're you know, title call each other that, but it doesn't that, but mean much it's other not than the really same thing. Respect. It's just respect. I don't is. Yeah. So, and that's one of the issues I struggled with when I first got out is where I belong, you know, and I flat out asked my wife, I was like, where do I belong? She's like, right here with me. That's right. You know, and, but that's not what I'm asking, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I mean, it, it it took a while for me to get it figured out, but I got it done and it's just a continuous fight moving forward every day. And like I said earlier, this is my new battlefield and we're going to roll forth. So other people watch this also. There's a lot of people in vet church who aren't veterans. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they want to do something. A lot of folks come to us and say, thank you for your service. Sometimes we get tired of that. And it's not because we're not grateful, because we don't know what to say. And they don't know what else to say either. Mm. So if somebody watches this and says, boy, I want to do something, I'm motivated. I watched, I watched this man of strength and might and character and integrity just tell us and talk to us about getting told he had right. leukemia. And he talked about his faith and he talked about... You know, just if they go through and recap this thing, and they're thinking in their mind, what can I do? Right. Do you have any ideas what people can do? Well, I know there's a... I can't remember. If you look up, you know, I know like for leukemia and stuff, I know there's a a site where they can go out and I think it's an apply to have your bone marrow tested. You know, and that goes into a national database. So if, say, example, you come up and you need it or... Next thing you know, you know, you're a ten for ten match for somebody. You get a phone call saying, Hey, are you still willing to do this bone marrow Yeah. And basically they'll send you the pack or send you whatever they need to be sent. You go to the doctor's office and it's like all that you do is they set you up in an IV, pull blood out and Is that it? It's just that simple. It's that just simple. a little bit of blood. Yeah. Cause I, I think um I can't remember what it was. My, one of my best friends from high school died, and uh, he had something. And I, I asked if I could give, and they're like, Man, "Well, have you had this, this, and this?" Right. Like, and I was ruled out personally. Right. But, but you could do that. Would be a big thing to help out where yeah. you're at. Okay. Yeah, because like prime example, they say your best your best clinics are your your brothers or your sisters. So if I've only got one brother, that's a one in or a twenty five percent chance that he's gonna be a match. I see what you're saying. So if I've got four brothers or a sister, you know, then it could be a... moves up. It it goes up. One of those family members could be a match. That's cool. So 
And then if not, then it goes into you know goes into another database and it goes up and then goes into another database and goes out. So I mean, it's just, it's interesting the way it works. Now, now that will help out people with leukemia. Mm-hmm. I think this is also an important thing. What will we do to help out the spouses, not just the veterans, but anybody going through any kind of cancer or anything? Is there anything that you've seen on a day-to-day basis that, like, if somebody wanted to come alongside and, and help your wife out, or what, what could they do? Um, very good question, because I'm not on her shoes. No, that's um, that's true. That's, there's some yeah, you know, I, I know a lot of the times that what we do, you know, we have, you know, her her parents are a great help right now. Um, we have a lot of people from the church that are willing to, you know, when, like prime example, my daughter's going to, you know, going to be going to Houston this winter or summer. Uh, the other kids are going to Arizona, so it's just going to be me here. You know, so, and with my, you know, with that set of chemo being done or the transplant being done, you know, it literally takes a 24-hour giver, a 24-hour caregiver, yeah. um, which I ended up watching that video today. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, because I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, okay, what about my caregiver? Where's my caregiver? Is it, you know, and I was like, uh, I'm just flipping through the thing. I was like, ooh. Well, you know, I wrote that yeah. song because of Kate. She's been yeah. my caregiver. And, yeah. And I, and I realized that that goes on in our, you know, and that's another thing for those of y'all who are watching. Hey, David Young. For those of y'all who are watching um, on Vet Church and you're thinking about community, because some, cause some people out here don't have community. That's why we right. started Vet Church, because there's people that are all alone. And one of the things that we can do, I was, I was talking with a guy down in Tucson, one of the things we can do is help you find a community mm-hmm. where you live, where you're at, and we can, we can go to the different organizations in that area that will be veteran friendly or be friendly if, if like say hey who's helped out people with ke- uh, cancer before because yeah. you're not the first you're not going to no. be the last um, I don't know. and then your wife's not the first and your in-laws aren't the first or the last and then, and you do have a good church yeah. I mean you're you're somebody that like I told you at first I couldn't go back to church at all it, it can be hard it was uh, really tough I mean you know. sorry had to shift hips <laughs> That, and that was the one that... That was the one that they did it on. Oh, boy. But, I mean, it's... Like I said, it makes a very interesting life. But, like I said, we have to go forth and you have to learn how to adapt to it, you know. Because life's not over. No, it's not. And, it's just, you know, it's if you give up on life when you find out it's happened, it, what, how, what good are you to your kids? What good are you to your family? You're and not, they need you. Right. I mean, you're still dad. Oh, yeah. You're still husband. Sometimes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, I, I think all of our wives, would, or spouses, I should say spouses, because yeah. we, have, we have a ton of uh, female soldiers that serve with us also who have husbands. And some of them don't. I mean, like, yeah. and, then, and then now we live, you know, times have changed in America. We have same-sex partners. Yeah. We have, um, and, and all those folks that care for each other yeah. it's really important and it, it, it's not all about just it's about caring for each other that's what it's it's bottom line. huge well i mean i thank you man i mean like I, it blows me away that you thought that like this was a good idea <laughs> because it shows that like all of us still need community and and, and the folks that have got on here from Dom to Jose, and I mean, the, you guys that, hey, Tori, uh, the, the, the folks that have, like, are part of our tribe, mm. even the ones that aren't military that have joined yeah. us in Vet Church, it's huge because there's hope. Not only that, but it gives them an understanding of what the vet is going through. And when and then truly when they say thank you for your service, because right. I have I've, I've experienced people go like ah oh, thank you for your service and right. I felt like it's they were telling me hey go away yeah <laughs> and but to be part of something big where people really do care and they they sit and they they share mm-hmm. like you're sharing man that's the big thing like as a chaplain we've talked about this where yeah. where you guys carried the weapons and all I did was bear witness and bear testimony to what you were doing and what you were going through and the greatness and and, and 
the sadness, but the entire sacredness of right. your lives. And I was, I got to see that right. firsthand. I was there with you. And, and now we've, we've started something where we've asked America to come be with us. And hey, Richard, and um, to join with us mm-hmm. in Vet Church, we're, we're building a community mm-hmm. based on hope, faith, love, and strength. And also, yeah, I mean, when we go into battle, we have all of our gear. You know, you go in the, you know, battlefields, you're going with the armor of God. Period. Yeah. yeah. And then you're relying on us, knuckleheads, to do the right thing and make sure everybody goes home. When you did, you guys were, yeah. like, I mean, like, it, you know, I, I saw that video on, you saw that video mm. that, um, who had that up there? Kelly, was it? One of the one of the ladies put that up there, and I, I shared it. And um, I think Andrews made the video or combat yeah, camera. I'm or not something. sure who did it, but it was sharp. Well, it, it's us. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're in that video. No, I don't think you're so. You're not in it. Justin, Justin wasn't in it either. <laughs> That's armor people and supply people. No, we weren't in those videos. Yeah. But 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 you, you're 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 still part of it. Right. You know, and um, it blew me away to see myself with y'all a little bit. It, it was I, at first I wasn't going to share it because it's just it's one of those things where you're, it's so overwhelming emotionally. It, it plus it brings you back to a lot of memories and mm-hmm. everything else of trying to figure out what you know for the supply world, you know what vehicles were destroyed, what components all you know that just gives you a whole another headache on time. Yes. Well, in, in doing yeah. that, and then. And then you're bam, fast forward to 2018, and here you are with cancer. Yeah. And then you're sharing, you're sharing about this cancer with. with well, right now, five people. Well, there's five people now. <laughs> Wait, you know what else is weird? I've I've done this before, mm. and it'll say like five people, and then you get off, and it's had like 200 views. Right. And so you don't really, I like people who like it or watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really understand the whole thing. Um, it's an Blanchard's. That's a. That's a, you oh, remember Dave Blanchard? Yeah, that's his folks. Um, hey, you, you, thank Very you for awesome. sharing with us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for encouraging me to start the vet church stuff up. I mean, I see the value in it now. I did, you know, last summer we it wasn't going. It wasn't. We right. weren't really doing anything. To, it took a team effort. It did. It, it's a, lot, a lot of you taught it me does. well. A lot of you guys have. You know, Justin showed up at my house. I was getting ready to quit in December. <laughs> What? Yeah. You're going to keep playing music, Chaplin, because it's important. <laughs> That's it I, was, I was on The Voice and uh, having some issues with that. And went to talk to the old Chaplin, and uh, he goes, what are you doing February 1st? I said, looks like going to the National Cathedral with you. And he said, well, man, you should stay on The Voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like very confused for a little bit because I had decided at that time, this was what, December? I hadn't bought a guitar yet, <clears throat> never played guitar. I sang, of course, and I'm on this TV show, and I'm coming to him for advice, because I know the, the right thing right. to do <clears throat> was to walk away from it. And, uh, but he's sitting here telling me, man, right. you should just do it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm trying to, you're my final thing, because a lot of people don't know Matt here. Sir, that's why I call him <laughs> sir. That's funny. Yeah, no, uh. Back in 07 and 08 and 09, when we were all together, I had a lot of issues with, you know, uh, well, I'll say it openly, uh, with my mother and uh, and my marriage at the time, and Matt was the chaplain, so I went and talked to him about it, and that's how we kind of grew close, and then we deployed, uh, Scott being my supervisor went through a lot of that with my marriage, because uh, I, I was stationed at Fort Hood, and, and Amy was stationed at, at uh, sorry, Amy, if you don't want to be named, whatever. <laughs> Uh, Amy was stationed down in San Antonio uh, at Lackland, so it made it difficult. And yeah, I was a hellion. Uh, but uh, Scott helped me out a lot in my career. And for the soldiers that I have that are watching later in life, Brandon Ellis and some of them, uh, I love you, brother. And uh, maybe the great supervisor I was and, and gained a lot of respect from the soldiers that I had. Um, and even helped probably save my life whenever I got hit in Afghanistan because a couple of lives were lost uh, due to that. Uh, some of my soldiers did probably if I wouldn't have learned how to be a supervisor, 
wouldn't have from Scott. They probably would have just left me there. So, uh, anyways, back to all that. Uh, I, Matt was ready to quit, and I was going crazy on the voice. And uh, I told him, music helped save my life. And uh, just looking back on everything that he helped, I, I remember when Matt came and see me when I got my leg cut off. He, he was the only, him and Aponte were the only guys from uh, the Army that came and see me, which was fine. I mean, I really didn't tell a lot of people. And, uh, but I, I look back and I told Matt, hey, man, I took everything I had and handed it to him and sent him on. And so that was the thing was that I knew Matt couldn't quit in December because he'd helped me out. And if, you know, you guys listen up to the story, I sent him on to Jason Davis. And uh, Jason said we could tell the story. So, and I mean, Jason was ready to end his, his time, but Matt going and, and seeing him help save his life. And Matt didn't know up until recently that he had saved my life. Uh, just because he cared, gave us a little bit of hope, which is why, you know, when we start all this in December, Good word, like, let's sit here listening to, to Scott, Staff Sergeant Carpenter. It's always harder, isn't it? To it it's very, it's very <laughs> hard. <laughs> to the young, for the, used to it. It's not hard for me to call <laughs> you guys, but it's, you know, it's just, it's tough. It is. Because we were you taught, know, you know, but yeah. they encourage us yeah. to do it. Well, and, and, and that was the thing, is that I never thought 10 years ago, been that long. Yeah. 10 years ago, I'd be sitting here... I mean, we had a great relationship, but it wasn't yeah. close. Yeah. I mean, we did our job, and then we moved on. But I was a, I was a specialist at the time. I think I, I came to you as a private first class. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I fought so hard, because my time in the Air Force prior, I wanted that to count. And I was a pain in his ass. Oh, he was a thorn. But. <laughs> a thorn. A thorn. <laughs> well, I, you know. But my point being, let's get back to this. <laughs> December, I, I had I finally had made my decision, and I told told Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to come with you. And Matt had told me, all right. But I knew in the back of my head that he never probably thought we'd be where we are today. Probably never thought. Because he's told me some stories, and I try my best to stick to my word. And, and trust me, there's been times that I've wanted to walk away from this uh, for reasons. But we all keep each other going, and that was our thing in December. He was done. And I wouldn't let it happen because I knew it was going to help people. And I never thought I'd be able to come up here and see Staff Sergeant Carpenter. And it's going to get a little emotional. But at the end of the day, he helped shape my career and helped me with soldiers. And that's what we do this for. And there ain't no damn way I can ever let Matt quit. He's He talks about handing off the torch one day. I don't, I don't know. Somebody else do this driving around. <laughs> you know, he's got a family and wife. And, and you know, it's... I enjoy it, and I'm damn glad I got to see the people I've seen, like Jason Davis and, and Aponte and Veg, and I hope we'll get to see her. Um, I've got to travel and see things that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime um, because of hope, you know, and that's what keeps me going at the end of the day. Uh, December 16, 2016 was my day to where everything changed, and uh, just stuff from Matt and stuff from Scott. Well, it's still so, weird. So tell me. I told you Scott had cancer. And you were like, what? What did that do to you, Justin? Like, um, well, honestly, I remember the day he told me, and I, I can remember it, and I felt bad. Not for him. I felt bad that we had kind of lost touch. There was a lot that happened at Fort Hood, mm -hmm. um, especially in our deployment. And uh, when it was my time to go to get out of there, it was my time to go. And uh, I really, I... Honestly, anybody from the 201st, besides him and Aponte, were the only ones that I talked to. I mean, I had people on Facebook, but we all didn't talk. And now I'm much closer with a lot of people, and it's helped. Um, but I felt bad that I, we had lost touch like that because there isn't much people in my life that I call family. And, and the military was it is mostly my adult life. I came in when I was 17. And so, but anyway, I was mad because I didn't come see him, but I also, I'd gone through a lot in my life. My grandmother just defeated stage four cancer, like literally in the last few months, one of my grandmothers. And it made me look back on that because it was hard. And it made me feel like that's 
there's no way Staff Sergeant Carpenter get, got, I'm gonna cut, got fucking cancer. <laughs> and because, you, yeah, I was prior service to the Air Force, but coming to the Army was a whole totally different ball game for me. Uh, just because of the mentality, but again, Scott to me was invincible, you know, and that's that's what he had to do as as a supervisor to a young guy coming in who had a ton of issues. But he stood by me, and again, I was just like, Matt goes, well, we got to go see him, and I said, well, there's no question about that. And, and at the end of the day, that's why I did this trip. A lot of people on my side of things are wondering what the hell's going on with me. This guy right here is the reason why I started this trip is to give hope because he gave me a lot of hope at a time I didn't have much. So I thank you for that. And I know you'll make it through this too. Well, I'm planning on beating it. I know you will because that's the only fucking way I know how you're going to do it. Oh, I don't, like I said, this is my new battlefield. You know. And and that's, that him saying that right there, watch the fuck out because that man, there wasn't nothing we didn't do or to cover his ass. But he always knew one when it was right. One more day. <laughs> my favorite phrase was my ALC slogan. One more day. One more day. Platoon. One ALC. more day. Advanced leadership course. Yep. And, yeah. and he'd tell me, Justin, it's just today. Tomorrow's a new day. Yep. He'd be, you're paying my ass. He goes, but I ain't going to let you quit. And anybody that knows me, I have a saying, you know, I'll, I'll never give up and I'll never quit. And that came from him. He showed me that. And that's why, at the end of the day, why I do what I do with my leg. It's kind of, he said it, you know, it's an inspiration. He's a voice for people. I don't mind being called peg leg. Hell, I earned it. <laughs> I'll tell you that story. Hold your leg. It's a uh, well, I mean, it's, there you go. it's another leg. <laughs> you know, look, I could, I could take it off and I could wave at people. <laughs> anyway, that's what it's about, you know. Um, I've been through seven legs in two years. Um, this trip, I had the first actual skin sores I've ever had um, but <laughs> I was on so many pills back before they took my leg that uh, I finally got fed up with it and I quit cold turkey I was on 180 oxycotton a month mixed in with 180 Percocet and cold turkey is not really the way to go uh, no I ended up <laughs> I ended up in the hospital in the emergency room and the, the nurse looked at me and goes, well, hon, you can't do that. And I said, well, I'm not taking no more pills. And she goes, you're going to have to for a few days. And it took a week of Valium. They put me on Valium to detox because, I mean, I went into insane mode within within 12 hours of getting off Oxycontin, okay. which later I found out it's basically heroin, and it makes a lot of sense to me now. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, so, so but, but back, yeah. Uh, that will of never giving up, never quitting. Like again, there was a period of my life I went through a divorce with Amy over all that. I, 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 but when I got my leg cut off, I, I didn't let it stop me. Um, that was the first time a change, another big change in my life. Where, yeah, you know what? There's people out there, and I want to get back to normal as much as I can. And if most people could tell you, I don't look like I have an amputated leg, and I kind of pride myself on that for the simple fact because I. It, it happened. I can't change it, you know, and, and that's what he taught me. It's like, it's already happened, but you got to deal with it. And I want to be as positive as I can. And, and there's been hard times. There's been good times, but there's times that I just can't let it stop me. Justin, let me cut it and ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You're sitting here with your supervisor that, I mean, this means a lot to you. Mm. We drove all the more, way. And it's probably more than anybody together. knows. Yeah. And even I, Matt didn't know how much it meant to me because I just don't talk very much about so, feelings. Talk this is a guy thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and like, and, 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 but I wanted to do, you know, you, it's huge for you to sit with your supervisor. As very. a supervisor, what's it like for you to sit with somebody that you cared for? And, and you outranked me for a while? <laughs> no, I mean, just, you know, just from talking to him last night, you know, and knowing what he had accomplished, it, it it's awesome. You know, because, you know, especially after we lost touch, it's like, wait, you know, and I've talked to my previous soldiers numerous of times. I was like, look, if you don't believe if me being a jerk, me being an ass, talk to my previous soldiers, they'll tell you. I haven't changed at all for any of them, you know. You remember you told me uh, once, he told me once, he goes, because coming from the Air Force, they're a little bit nicer. You remember that? I had a big problem with being nice. And he goes, Justin, you yeah. are... 
What did you used to call me? Fuckstick. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's true. Sorry. Yeah. He used <laughs> to be like, fuckstick, listen. Be nice. He goes, I'm being an asshole for a reason. And one day, you'll thank me. Well, awesome. 10 years later. Thank so, you. So, here we are. No leg, leukemia, a little bit of PTSD and chronic pain and a whole lot of moral injury or whatever you want to call it. Of course, I think you guys share with that PTSD. Oh, yeah. No, and, not uh, at all. And, and as we're... I'm not going to play. It'll, it'll kill us out. <laughs> and so... Uh, but, I believe I'm still doing the same thing. You still see it, don't you? But as, as we're, we're wrapping this up, I just wanted to say... You don't need us to get in the car and go see somebody. Pick up the phone, call the people that meant something to your life. You don't need you don't need any of us to do that. Here's an example of three guys that did it. And they've reached out to each other. It costs a couple dollars. I mean, you don't just get, you know, <laughs> the the trip from Pensacola, Florida to Salem, Oregon. It's not cheap. And I'm going to tell you this, don't let something major happen in your life before you do it either, or somebody else's life, because here's the deal. I've lost lots of friends and lots of brothers and sisters and my own family. Uh, tomorrow may not be here. Yesterday's gone. All you got's today. Any last words, Sergeant Cumber? Keep moving forward. Cool. I, I, that's one of my favorite phrases, move forward, keep moving forward, and I, you know... And I always tell people, if they're tired, take a knee and drink water. Sure, you know? shit. All right, we got to turn this off because I'm going to start having fucking flashbacks. <laughs> take Thank a knee and drink water. I hate it. I love you. I love you too, bro. I'm glad you showed up. Thanks for riding with us, Justin. Oh, yeah. All right, Bed Church. Remember, question, <laughs> think, have fun, and love one another. Care for somebody today. All right, talk to y'all later. Hey, Anthony Laffer was with us. I'm going to start playing now, so he's going to turn it on. Hit, hit a chord. Thank you for joining us for this Vet Church interview. Your feedback is welcome. Find out more at vetchurch.com or retiredarmychaplain.com.